0: Good morning brothers and sisters in Christ. A blessed Sunday to all of you. We're today no right? but that's okay. we're glad to see all of you here. I hope I also like to welcome uh, those who are joining us through our online service. I hope that uh, one day you can join us here to worship our Lord face to face with one another. Today we are going to wrap up our series on 1 Peter. Okay? Now, when we started our journey through this short epistle written by the Apostle Peter, we learned how he viewed the Gentile Christians who were scattered all over Asia Minor, to which he was writing too. Remember what he called them? He called them elect exiles. Elect because they were chosen by God himself from the very beginning— to become part of his family. And Peter also called them exiles. Why? Why exiles? Because, you know, ever since they have put their allegiance to Christ, they have transferred, their, uh, transferred it from uh, their world to Christ, they have, um, they have changed of citizenship from citizens of this world to citizens of God's kingdom. And because of this, They have become like exiles in their hometowns. They were discriminated. Some of them were mistreated. Some of them were persecuted. And so, throughout this letter, the Apostle Peter wishes to encourage and to instruct itong mga Gentile believers on how to live their lives in light of their new identity, how to deal with their authorities how to deal with their masters and even spouses who do not submit to the Lordship of Christ. How are they as believers and followers of Christ submit and um, deal with, uh, relate with their earthly leaders? He tells them na not to retaliate even though some of them may be oppressed and be mistreated by those who rule over them. Peter tells them to instead serve and do good to them. So we all know that that is easier said than done, Tamaba. Who here feels alright when your boss shouts at you? Okay Basignon? No. Who here feels perfectly fine when you know that your government leaders are stealing from you? Meron ba? Wala. Or when your classmates bully you. Okay lang ba sa yan? No. Or when you get tricked by other people. No? All of us don't like it. No one feels okay with it. We don't like it. But the reality is it happens to all of us whether we like it or not. But as Christians, you know, all these sufferings that we face has a purpose. They are all part of our suffering for Christ. And the good news is that when you are in Christ, our suffering here on earth are only temporary. They will one day come to an end. Matatapos de ng suffering natin. And what Peter wants to remind all us elect exiles today is that in the midst of adversity, we must live in light of eternity. Can you show my slide please? Okay? In the midst of adversity, we must live in light of eternity. What does this mean? Let's open our Bibles and read about it in 1st Peter chapter 4 verse 11 7 to 11. Open our Bibles to 1st Peter Chapter four. We'll be reading from verse seven to eleven. It will not be flashed in the PowerPoint. So open your Bibles, your Bible apps, even those among you who are joining us at home through online service. Open your Bibles to First Peter chapter four, verse seven to eleven. It says, "The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers." God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God bless the reading of His Word. You know, in the top grossing movie, Avengers Infinity War, which, by the way, I force my kids to watch as well, okay? You know, Doctor Strange, one of the heroes of that story, after Thanos, the main antagonist, defeated them and took the time stone from him, he said, we're in the endgame now. We're in the endgame now. It was one of the most iconic lines in the whole movie and one of the most chilling part of the story. Why? Because it was signaling that, you know, this is probably not going to end well. Okay? This is probably going to end in a tragedy. And it did when Thanos snapped his finger. And 50% of all living things in the universe died. You know, many people are afraid when um, we talk about the end, thinking that, you know, great tragedy is about to happen when we talk about the end, when the end happens. You know, when the pandemic starts in 2020, many people started to think that the end is near. Many wanted to study the book of Revelations, trying to figure out when the end will come so that they can ready themselves for whatever is coming. Why? Because many of us are afraid of the end. But, you know, if that is the case, if the end is so scary... Why would Apostle, Paul, uh, Apostle Peter exhort the persecuted Christians to, ins- to endure in their hardships by telling them that the end is near? The end of all things is at hand. You know, wouldn't it cause more anxiety and panic among the believers who were already suffering? No, it should not. It should not. Why? Because for Peter, The end of all things is a cause for relief for those who have already put their faith in Christ. It is a cause for relief. It means that their suffering here on earth are all temporary and it will soon come to an end. Their sufferings, it means that their suffering is temporary and will soon come to an end. To an end. In fact, he emphasized this throughout his letter. In first Peter chapter 1, verse 6, he says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. This is the start of his letter. At the end, in chapter 5, verse 10, he says, And after you have suffered for a little while. For a little while, the grace of uh, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Twice in one letter, Peter told the persecuted believers that their suffering and their grief is only for a little while meaning. It will all come to an end soon. Matatapos din. How can the suffering believers be sure that indeed things will become better rather than worse when the end comes? How can they be certain that no, they are not jumping jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire? Out of the frying pan into the fire. Mas malalapa. How can they be sure that the end is not like that? You know, Peter told the believers to look at the sufferings. Of Christ. In first Peter chapter three verse eighteen says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. You know, Jesus Christ warned all his disciples and all of us that just as he suffers, all of those who follow him will suffer. You know many of us think na porke naging Christian tayo live ang buhay natin. No, that's exactly the opposite. If Christ our master was persecuted, we will also be persecuted. He warned us of that. But let me tell you, Christ's suffering did not end in a tragedy. In fact, it brought good even to the unrighteous. It brought good to us, who by the grace of God has been made alive because of Christ's suffering on the cross. And how do we know that His death did not end in tragedy? The empty grave, the empty tomb, our resurrected Lord. No, this is our hope for a better life. In the midst of the adversities, they can lo- we can look forward to an eternity of blessings with God. Now that we know that the end is not meant to scare us but to give us hope, you might now be wondering, so Pastor, when will the end come? Nga Kailan ngaba? You know, Peter said that it is at hand, that it is near. But that was how many years ago? Over 2,000, and then, sure over, but around 2,000 years ago have passed. And The end has not yet come. Jesus has not yet come back. Did Peter make a mistake? Nakamaliba siya ng computation. No. In Jesus said in Matthew 24 verse 35 to 36, he said, "Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only." Jesus told this to his disciples that no one knows when the end will come, when he will return. And since we know that Peter probably learned this from Jesus firsthand, we can safely assume that he did not mean a particular day or month when Lord Jesus will return. But instead, he means that, you know, Christ can return anytime. His Lord, our Lord, can return anytime. Whether it can be tomorrow, it can be next week, it can be next year, it can be next decade or next century. We don't know when, but what we know for sure is that it will come. The end will come. Jesus will return. So, what that means is that we always need to be ready. We always need to be ready. Our attitude should not be like, oh, malapit na dumating si Jesus, ngayon magpapakabait na. Or tsaka na magpapakabait kung talagang sure na na nababalik si Jesus. Hindi dapat ganun. At everyday we are ready to follow Him as if He is coming any minute now. That is why Peter tells them that the end of all things is at hand because they should be ready anytime. We must always put our hope in our Lord's return because that time means it's the end of our earthly suffering as well. It should give us hope. It should not scare us. You know, um, in our small group um, discussion, one of our small group uh, members tells, us, tells me na, Sorry, Anya, Brian, sometimes we pray ko na dumating na si Jesus I told him, there's nothing to be sorry about. In fact, all of us should be praying for Christ's return. All of us should be praying for it. Pero balik nade eh, ang attitude natin. Wag muna, Lord. Wag muna. But what the Bible teaches us, what the apostles are teaching us, is that we should anticipate it. We should be excited for it. And we should have hope from it because that means our suffering here on earth is about to end. Indeed, it is true, we are in the end game now. But uh, I pray that this will not live, uh, uh, let us to live in fear, but instead to live with the hope even in suffering. To live with hope even in suffering. Let's remember that in the midst of adversity, Peter tells us to live in light of eternity. To live in light of eternity. So the question is now, is Panuba. ba? How do we live in light of eternity? How do we live with the end in mind? Does it mean that we just wait doing nothing? Na wala lang tayo gagawin, lang tayo, tingin lang tayo sa langit, ang bumalik si Jesus Christ? You know, the disciples tried doing that. In Acts chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, it says, next slide, it says, And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The angels rebuked the disciples for just standing there waiting. Wait, babalik ba si Jesus? Wala na ba talaga? or ano? You know they were just standing there waiting. So Peter firsthand knows what it means to wait for his Lord's return. Napagalitan siya ng angel eh? diba? He knows that it does not mean passive waiting where we just live and wait comfortably and live comfortably doing nothing. Waiting for the Lord's return means active waiting. yung active waiting? Where we wait, as we wait, we faithfully obey our Lord's command and we eagerly wait for His return. And that is why Peter tells the elect exiles in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, He says, The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers, Peter commands them to be self-controlled and sober-minded. What does this mean? The Greek meaning of these two words are actually very similar. Pwede mo nga yan eh, sober-minded and self-controlled. No, okay. So it means to be in the right mind or to be sober and not to be drunk. Not to be drunk. Hindi la sing. You know, this is in contrast to what the rest of their society does or what they did before they become followers of Christ. In, um, in verse 3 to 4, it says, for the, time, uh, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. We see here that this is what the world does, get drunk all the time. And we also see that this is probably one of the reasons why the Gentile Christians were treated as outcasts. No? They push away. Why? Because they no longer join them in debauchery. And so the question is, why should the Gentile believers be self-controlled and sober-minded? So that they can devote themselves in prayer and maximize their usefulness in God's kingdom. Instead of being drunk, partying all the time, waiting for the Lord's return, no. The believers should devote themselves in prayers. And you know, as we have discussed three weeks ago, as God elect exiles, ni God, says, they are God's royal priesthood. Tamaba right? na They are a chosen people, God's royal priesthood. They are the ones to offer up the prayers of the people to God. They are tasked to intercede for the world. And how will they do that when they are intoxicated with alcohol? No, we all know how hard it is to pray. Tamaba. Right? Many of, many of us pray night until day. You know, we start our prayers in the evening. Our heavenly Father, thank you for providing for us and protecting us, and so on and so on. And then we finish our prayers in the morning. Nah, pagising na natin. Amen. Nakatulug tayo. You know, it's so hard to pray, kahit hindi tayo na How much more when we are intoxicated? How can we fulfill our roles properly as God's royal priesthood if we cannot even stay awake, if we are not sober? Therefore, the reminder for us from Peter was to always practice self-control and be sober-minded so that we can devote ourselves in prayer. Why is prayer so important? What should we pray for? Ano ba kailangan natin pag-pray? You know, we need to pray for each other. Those who are included in the family of God. We need to pray for the ministry of the church, the ministry that has been entrusted to us. In Ephesians 6, verse 18 to 19, it says, Paul says, Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Sinamatong saints na to. Tayo yan. And he said, Paul also says to pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Why should we pray? And what should we pray for? We should pray for the expansion of God's kingdom. We should pray for the church. We should pray for one another. We should pray that all of us will be used by God for His kingdom. Are we doing that? If not, I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but, I, but I'm here to remind you that we should start doing it. We also need to pray for others, for the world, for our society. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 2, he says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We need to pray for our country We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our fellow citizens, those who are suffering, who are living below the poverty line. We need to pray for them as God's royal priesthood. It is our job. And of course, we need to pray for ourselves. We need to pray for our families and our children. In Philippians 4-6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, we worry about so many things. And once we start worrying, we panic, we try to do this and that. But the first thing God wants us to do is to pray. To pray. But sadly, many times, your prayer becomes our last option. When God finally shows us that we are not in control, do lang time pray. Brothers and sisters, we are God's royal priesthood. We are the one to represent our world, to pray for our world. This is our responsibility. That's why as we wait for the end, as we wait for the coming of our Lord, we need to be self controlled and we need to be sober so that we can do our job we can devote ourselves in prayer if you don't know how to start i would like to invite you all to join our prayer huddle our english prayer huddle every tuesday right now it's from 7 pm to 8 pm every tuesday through zoom okay you can find the links a website as uh, a facebook page natin and i hope that and i challenge you all to join us in praying because ito yung sabi sa atin eh, devote ourselves in prayer now aside from prayer, what else should we do as we wait the end of all things, for the coming of our Lord? What should we do? In First Peter, chapter four, verse eight to nine, it says, "Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling." You know, Peter is telling us to practice brotherly love and unity in the body of Christ. Next slide okay practice love and unity because doing so shows that we are living in light of eternity because according to uh, uh, according to paul no love will never cease to exist it will continue even we are when we are already living in god's future kingdom we learned that last year when we went through 1 corinthians sama right? you know all these gifts will cease but love will continue until the end but, you know, it is especially useful during Peter's time when many believers are perse- were being persecuted and oppressed. You know, many were probably driven out of their homes, driven out of their village because of their newfound faith in Jesus. And many of them probably have lost their homes. They need a place to stay. And so, all the more, the church need to display genuine concern for one another, showing hospitality. You know, the Gentile Christians should therefore open their homes for these people rather than leaving them homeless. Peter also mentioned that love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. Now, let me make this clear. He's not saying that we should love one another to the point that, you know, we turn a blind eye from sin. Alam na natin nagkakasalanan yung kapatid natin. pinapabayamba natin? No, that is not love because also we have learned last year from 1 Corinthians that love does not rejoice in what? Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. So, let me be clear. When Peter says love covers a multitude of sin, it does not mean turning a blind eye on sin because turning a blind eye on sin is not love. Instead, I believe What Peter urges the Gentile Christians to do when he says love covers a multitude of sin is to practice forgiveness and uphold unity in the body of Christ. Practice forgiving one another and uphold unity in the body of Christ. You know, I'm sure that almost all of us have experienced disagreement with one another inside the church. I'm sure... All of us might have been hurt by another church member or me, maybe even one of us pastors as we were serving together in the ministry. Or maybe just from this recent election, you were offended by a brother or sisters in Christ in social media. Right? Believe it or not, these things happen even inside the church even inside the family of God. Why? Because the church consists of broken people. The church consists of broken people. We are all broken. All its members, us, are all works in progress. We are still subjected to our sinful nature. That is why, if you have disagreements with one another in the church, with a brother or sister in Christ, do not think. Kalau kuponang Christiano ka, bakit ganyan yon mo ko? It does happen because we are all broken people. That is why Peter reminds us to constantly practice love and forgiveness with each other, and by doing so, P- Jesus, our Lord, tells us that all people will know that we are His disciples. So, as we wait for the end, let us practice love and unity inside the church with one another as a family of God. So, if we are to live in light of eternity, we need to devote ourselves in prayer and then practice love and unity. But there's one more thing Peter urges the Gentile believers to do. It's in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11. It says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Brothers and sisters, as we wait, For the return of our Lord, we have to use the gifts that He has blessed us with through the Holy Spirit to bless others, proclaim Jesus to the world, and give glory to God. We must use our gifts to proclaim Jesus and to give glory to God. You know, according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, this is the chief end of man, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You know, the Apostle Peter does not concern himself with explaining. Ano anubayin mga spiritual gifts that are available? Hindi niya nilista. Unlike Paul, his only concern is that whatever gifts God has given us, ko ano we should actively use it to bless others, to proclaim Jesus, and to give glory to God. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Peter explains that when he gives us the gifts of speaking, we must use it speak about the word of God faithfully when God gives us the gift of speaking publicly maybe in front of people or maybe even in YouTube let's not use it to push our own agenda but tell the world about the gospel about the word of God you know I, before I, I shared to you know that when we graduated from Singapore Bible College nagpagawa kami ng necktie mga we and at the back of that necktie is embroidered preach Christ with the C and H together preach Christ because to remind us that whenever we stand in front of people we will tell them about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what he has done for them So, brothers and sisters, if God has given you the gift of speaking, I hope that you will use it mightily to proclaim about our Lord Jesus. That will give glory to God. And when He gives us gifts of serving, you know, the gifts of uh, praying for one another, the gifts of giving, the one that serves other people, God wants us to serve with uh, what God has blessed us with whether skills, money, or resources. God wants us to use these gifts not on our own strength, not from our own strength, but from what He has gifted gifted us. So by doing so, God alone is glorified. When God gives you the gift of administration, serve. When God gives you the gift of prayer, pray for each other. When God gives you the gift of giving, He gives you financially, Help, give those who are poor, those who are in need. Don't hesitate. This is our job as we wait for our Lord's return. But you know, sadly, the opposite is true for many Christians. Many are contented to just come to church every Sunday as pew warmers, listen to the message of the pastor, and then go home. They excuse themselves from any ministry and go on with their lives. But as we can see right now, this clearly should not be the case. If we indeed want to live in light of eternity, then we should not excuse ourselves from the battle. We must always be ready to serve. And so, UECP, as our church gradually opened our different ministries, I hope that we will enlist ourselves to serve for the expansion of God's kingdom. Let us use our God-given gifts to glorify our God. So, to review, three things, ano in tatlo? Number one, devote ourselves and walang marinig. Come on, together. One, two, three. Number one, devote ourselves in prayer. Number two, practice love and unity. And number three, use our gifts to proclaim Christ and give glory to God. These are the ways that Apostle Peter tells us on how we can live in light of eternity. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, indeed we are in the end game now. Any time our Lord Jesus may return and the end will come. But brothers and sisters, let us always remember that in the midst of adversity, we must live in light of eternity. Let us not be afraid of what the end has in store for us. Why? Because God's Word already told us that those who are in Christ will live. Our suffering here on earth is only temporary. And when the end comes, our suffering will also end. So we will live with our God in His presence and blessings for eternity. As Christians, as elect exiles, Let us look forward to the end. Why? Because this world is not our home. Let us look forward to the return of our King Jesus, where He promised to bring us home with Him. And as we look forward to it, I hope that we will not stand idly by. Instead, we will devote ourselves in prayer, practice love and unity, and use our gifts to proclaim Christ and give glory to God. These are how we ready ourselves for the end. This is how we ready ourselves for the return of our Lord Jesus. This is how we ready ourselves for our homecoming. To end, let me tell a short story. Many of us know Charles Swindle, the famous pastor and writer. And uh, he wrote about his friend George, whom he met while he was working in a machine shop for four and a half years. He has a friend named George who was a Christian and he loved the teaching of Scripture, especially about revelations and about prophecy. One day, he told a story about uh, one Friday afternoon in the shop, 10 minutes before closing time. They were about to go home and he asked his friend George, George, are you ready? And George answered, "Uh uh-huh, I'm ready. But when he looked at him, he saw that he was all dirty and oily. To him, to Charles, George was obviously not ready. In fact, he, was, he looked more like he was ready to keep on working. So Charles asked again, aren't you ready to go home? And George answered, yeah, I'm ready. And so Charles said, look at you man, you're not ready. You got to go clean up. And his friend George said, let me show you something. And then George unzipped his work clothes and underneath were the neatest, cleanest clothes you can imagine. Then he told him, you see, I stay ready to keep from getting ready. I stay ready to keep from getting ready, just like I'm ready for Jesus. UECP, how about us? Are we ready for the end? Are we ready for Jesus? I hope we all are. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks for today. We thank you for how you use the the Apostle Peter to remind us that our suffering here on earth is only temporary compared to a life of eternity, to a life of blessing with you. Father, I pray that as we suffer for you in this world, whether we are being ridiculed because of our faith, whether we have, we're having a hard time in our business because we wanted to do it right for your glory. Lord, help us to live in the midst of adversity by living in light of eternity, remembering that any day you can, you can return and bring us home with you. I pray, Lord, that this will not scare us. This will not... Make us live in fear but instead it will help us to always live in hope knowing that our suffering will end any time and we will start living a life of blessing with you for eternity. Father, we pray that as we wait for that time that we will not sit idly by but instead we would devote ourselves in prayer. We would practice love and unity and we will use our God-given gifts to proclaim Christ and to give glory to you. Father, we wait for your return. We eagerly wait for it because we know that when you return, it is also the day we come home. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come. Come and bring us home. Amen and Amen.